Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Jaguars took one step closer to the playoffs. The Cowboys have a huge opportunity this weekend, and we look at a few other games to make your Yuletide merry. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Jacksonville Jaguars came into Thursday night football and said, oh, the New York Jets, that's a cute story. It's time for us. It's time for Trevor Lawrence and his gang. 19-3, to the Jaguars beat down the New York Jets. Zach Wilson gets benched in this game. Chris Streveler is a name I promise I did not make up. He comes in and he plays quarterback. Zach Wilson may not see the field except for injury the rest of the season. Tony Wiggins joins me now from Locked On Jaguars. And Tony, we we talked at the beginning of this week because the Jaguars just came out and had a great win against the Dallas Cowboys. I asked you the difference. You said Trevor Lawrence. In this game, it was the defense that carried the Jaguars. What have you seen from the evolution of this team to get to this point where suddenly, I don't know, if you're an AFC team, do you want to play the Jaguars? I don't. Yeah, what we've seen is a a maturation of not only Trevor, but the rest of the team. This is, I think this is the most mature performance that I've seen from them because Mm. they've come from behind a lot. They've done a lot of things that young teams do when you see them grow up and you see them trying to grow up and find themselves. Today, if you to close your eyes or if you to not paid attention to the uniforms, you would have thought that that was a Bill Belichick team when Tom Brady was there. It was a very workmanlike, very mature, very, we're not going to take chances. We're going to keep everything in front of us. Uh, down and distance situations are going to be handled. No personal foul penalties because they've done that in the past. A very mature, workmanlike, textbook NFL performance from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it it starts and stops with Doug Peterson. This is a guy that's been there and and it's fun watching him because now it looks like he's a proud Papa who taught his son how to ride a bike. And now (laughs) he's taking the training wheels off and he's like, look at him go. And that's, it's fun for me to see what he's done with this team, considering where they were when he took them over. They're also now, as we head into the weekend, a half game back, of the Tennessee Titans, a half game in the loss column. They are tied in the win column with the Titans. Do you have to recalibrate what you think can be possible for this Jaguars team? Like, not forget the seven seed, the six seed. This team could be hosting a playoff game come January now. Well, whoever wins this division will host a playoff game. And nine times out of 10, they're going to host a playoff game against the team that most people will believe can beat them until you put them under a microscope and take a closer look. Of all of their losses, only one was more than one score. They, yeah. have, they have done this all season, and now they've learned how to win. You know, we talk about wins, losses, and ties, and then people somehow think that when you've been bad, there's this other column called almost or moral victories. That's not the case anymore. Nobody's even thinking about the almost, and no one's thinking about moral victories. They expect to win, and the fans expect them to win, especially when they're playing a team that might have a little bit of weakness. And uh, I'm glad they finally got out in front of someone and then were able to hold off. I called him Rudy when Rudy came into the game and kind of changed things around a little bit. But they were able to hold them off with a very workmanlike performance, like I said. They didn't try to run it. They came out throwing it. They moved the ball right back down the field and said, nope, we're going to put three more points on the board to put 
the onus on you to try to really catch us. So I'm, I'm really, really proud of where they are as a team right now. You know, the addition of, of Doug Peterson, it's easy to say, okay, well, he's a stabilizing force. He's a proven commodity in the NFL. And so he can help them get out of the doldrums. Well, okay. The doldrums are, are in the rear view now. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking at something much better than, Hey, let's just not be awful. They're looking at the playoffs. What kind of value do you think he provides to this team as we head into late December and potentially for this team, January? A calming effect. They know what to expect. I saw, uh, I had heard these comments before, but when you see them on the screen where guys, you could see what they were basically saying. They said, we know what to expect every day. We understand no matter what's going on, he's going to be the same person. He uplifts us. And when you hear them say stuff like that, you know exactly what they're saying about who was here before. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you can tell. So it's just that his confidence the way that he's gone about it. And Peter, let me say this. I asked him something when he got here. Um, I said, Doug, considering that this team has been through a lot, every coach I know at some point gets on guys and holds them accountable and sometimes even has to get to the point where they chew guys out. When do you do that considering that you know they've been traumatized a little bit? He said, you ease into it when they start trusting you. That's when you can really put the clamps down on them, and that's when you can hold guys more accountable to what they do. Stay up to date all year on the Jacksonville Jaguars by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Jaguars podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Cowboys have a big opportunity this weekend. Before we get to that, though, the Commanders are getting some much-needed reinforcements on their defensive line. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. This weekend is chock full of good matchups in the NFL, starting with the Bengals heading to Foxborough to face the Patriots after what is an absolutely brutal loss to the Raiders. Bet Online has the Pats three point dogs at home. The Packers clutch to playoff life with the last breath that they have as they head south to play the Dolphins. Bet online has the Finns, three and a half point favorites. And speaking of clinging to life, the Titans need to win badly to hold on to that top spot in the AFC South as they host the Texans. Man, if they can't beat the Texans, big trouble in Tennessee. Bet online has the Titans favored by just three. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Washington Commanders defensive end Chase Young will play for the first time this season, more than 13 months after he originally injured his right knee. Young will play in a limited role when the Commanders play the San Francisco 49ers on Saturday. And it's a pivotal game for Washington, which holds the seventh and final playoff spot with three games remaining. They hold it for now. Young tore his right ACL and ruptured the patella tendon in a November 14th game versus Tampa Bay last season. The tendon rupture lengthened his recovery. Those are nasty injuries. It's good to see him back. The NFL announced a multi-year agreement on Thursday for Google to distribute the league's Sunday ticket package of -of out-of-market Sunday afternoon games on YouTube TV and YouTube primetime channels. The seven-year deal is worth a little more than $2 billion per season. The package has, of course, been on DirecTV since 1994. The satellite provider has paid $1.5 billion per year on an eight-year contract that expires at the end of this season. Commissioner Roger Goodell said during an interview with CNBC over the summer that the next move for Sunday ticket would be to a streaming service because that would be the best option 
for fans. The Jazz hosted the Wizards on Thursday night. The Utah Jazz use a 21-9 fourth quarter lead to burst a close game open and blow out the Washington Wizards. Final score, 121-12. David Locke of Locked On Jazz. The Jazz actually led this game by as many as 16 in the fourth quarter, and it was not in doubt as we headed down the stretch. The Jazz game was highlighted by the return of Colin Sexton, who had 18 points on the night in just 17 minutes in his return from a hamstring injury. The other item for the Utah Jazz was rookie Walker Kessler, played a career-high 32 minutes, 12 points, 14 rebounds, and two blocks. But maybe most importantly, the Jazz are 28th in the league in defensive rebounding, and they only allowed three offensive rebounds tonight with Walker Kessler in the middle. They also only sent Bradley Beal to the free throw line four times in this game. Beal had been averaging 15 free throws a game in his two games he had come back. Jazz beat the Wizards 120-112. More coming up on Locked on Jazz. The Bruins notched their 18th win at home this year after beating the Jets on Thursday night. 2022-23 Bruins just hit different, folks. This is Ian McLaren, host of Locked On Boston Bruins, and down 2-0 to a pretty good team in the Winnipeg Jets here on Thursday night. The Bruins rallied and took it by a score of 3-2, improving their overall record to 26-4-2 and remaining undefeated in regulation on home ice going 18-0-2. Yes, they got a, a pretty fortuitous bounce off the end boards and glass, actually, uh, to lead to the first goal of the night, scored by David Posternock. Jake DeBrusque scored to tie the game, and it was big Nick Felino who scored the game winner in the third period, with Jeremy Swaming putting in another strong start for the win. Catch all the latest on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. And the Flyers just did not have it against the Maple Leafs. This was a game of missed opportunities for the Flyers as the Leafs hold on after pretty much dominating most of the game. Hi, this is Rachel Donner from the Locked On Flyers podcast with your quick reaction to the Flyers 4-3 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Flyers were outchanced 37-24. to they were down 18 to 7 in high danger chances for in this one. And that was most of the story here. Like we talked about on the show, that five forward power play that the Leafs have and their top couple of lines were absolutely monster for the Leafs. The last eight minutes or so when the lines were switched up for the Flyers, we almost saw a different team out there. The Flyers had goals for Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee to get it within one. Plus, they saved a bunch of empty net attempts by the Leafs. But that missed chance on the five on three power play and up a man at the very end. They just needed a little bit more to get back into this one. For more on this game and the Flyers all season long, tune in to the Locked On Flyers podcast. Here is another story you need to know. We were all set for a marquee matchup. Cowboys-Eagles with the NFC East still somewhat up in the air, although maybe less so after the Cowboys lost last week to the Jaguars. But now Gardner Minshew instead of Jalen Hurts changes the equation. And we don't know when Jalen Hurts is going to be back in the lineup for the Philadelphia Eagles. So 
maybe now we're back in flux in the NFC East. Joining me now from Locked on Cowboys, Marcus Mosher. And Marcus, obviously the luster off this game a little bit, but the Cowboys still need a win. How much do you think the NFC East is still in play, given what we know now about the NFC East for the Cowboys? Do the Cowboys need to win? Like, do they really? I mean, they're kind of locked into the five seed, Peter. Like, the Cowboys to not be the five seed this year, they would need to win out, and the Eagles would need to lose out. And I I, I just don't see that happening. But I'm trying to sell it, Marcus. Come on, I'm trying to sell it. Listen, I I, I get you're doing an excellent (laughs) job. Uh, I, I will say, as a Cowboy fan, as somebody who covers the Cowboys every day, this sucks not having Jalen Hurts play because yeah. the only reason this game was going to be interesting at all is to see the Eagles fully healthy against the Cowboys, pretty healthy with Dak Prescott back to see if they mesh up to one another. With Gardner Minshew, he's a fine backup quarterback. He might even be a top 32 quarterback in the league. But I don't know if this game is really going to tell us much, Peter. It's, it's, it's fine. It's an NFC East game. It'll be competitive. It'll be... There'll be trash talking, but it's, yeah, you're right. It's definitely loss of the luster. So if you're the Cowboys, what are you playing for? What are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to show? What are you trying to shore up? Like, how do you find meaning in a game like this, which as you said, probably in all likelihood, and we're talking about like single digit percentiles of chances for the Cowboys to win the NFC East. What are you trying to find in this game? Then you just got to play better, right? Like the Cowboys, they're a good team, but they've got issues like Michael Gallup, has not really been involved in the offense at all over the last couple of weeks. He's got to get a better connection uh, with Dak Prescott. Tyron Smith starting at right tackle uh, for the first time since 2011. I want to see how he looks. That's weird to even hear you say, Marcus. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton, uh, who hasn't played all season long, expected to play for the first time uh, on Saturday. He needs to, to find some kind of chemistry with Dak. So there's a lot of things, even though, the win is it the most important thing that the Cowboys you know, have to play for in this game. You mentioned T.Y. Hilton, and and I, I think like maybe only in niche Cowboy circles is this something that would even really come up. But like the Cowboys spent a premium pick on Jalen Tolbert, and he has not been the player that that a lot of people thought he would be coming out of the draft. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That, I mean, that's, that's been the problem. It's like they needed Jalen Tolbert to be a player he can't even get a helmet on game day. That's a problem, I would think. So if if you're the Cowboys, like it does seem like this would be a chance to, whether it's, okay, let's feature Dalton Schultz or let's find interesting ways to get Tony Pollard involved yes. in the passing game. Yes. Like wh- what kind of things do you think they could experiment with offensively to, because we know the defensive players, we know the pieces there, but offensively that seems like, there's still more meat on the bone there. So yep. what what do you think that they could be doing or what would you advise if you're if Mike McCarthy was like, hey, Marcus, let's talk and to, to try and extract the maximum value out of this offense? I, I think it's the complementary players, right? Like we know what CeeDee Lamb's going to do. We know what Dalton Schultz is going to do. It's right. everybody else. Get Michael Gallup more involved in a game. Don't give him just two targets. Give him the first three targets of the game on slants. Get him going. Take a deep shot to T.Y. Hilton. Uh, maybe use Kevante Turpin, their Pro Bowl kick and punt returner, Fun on player. offense a little bit. Yeah, just just to give you some different look that the Buccaneers are going to have to prepare for three weeks from now. I <laughs> that's what you need to be working on. Just try to get better in this game. 
Stay up to date all year on the Dallas Cowboys by subscribing to Locked On Sports today. Locked On Cowboys on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, we get you set for your football merriment this weekend. The Baltimore Ravens fell out of first place in the AFC North last week after a pitiful performance against the Browns. How can they bounce back against the Atlanta Falcons? Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens has some thoughts. The Baltimore Ravens must get their passing game going against the Atlanta Falcons in Week 16. I'm Kevin Ostriker, the host of Locked On Ravens. And while Baltimore's run game dominated on the ground against Cleveland in Week 15, their pass game did not. Baltimore averaged just 3.8 yards per pass compared to 7.1 yards per attempt on the ground. And it's currently unclear who starts for Baltimore in Week 16 as Lamar Jackson has missed the first couple of practices. Tyler Huntley was out of the injury report with a shoulder injury. So it could potentially be undrafted rookie Anthony Brown going up against that 30th-ranked Falcons pass defense and if there's a week for Baltimore's pass offense to get back on track it would be this week against Atlanta in that struggling pass defense in terms of the red zone offense Baltimore has to be better there too they are the 29th rated red zone offense this year not only can they not score touchdowns in the red zone at this point they can't even score points as they turn the ball over twice in the red zone against Cleveland in week 15 defense has been playing great the run game has been playing great but they need better pass offense even better coaching in some circumstances as well. For more on this Ravens team and their Week 16 matchup with the Falcons, be sure to follow the Locked Ravens podcast and subscribe on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans absolutely have to have a win. They're on an epic skid and must stop the bleeding. Enter the Houston Texans. Easy, right? Well, Tyler Rowland from Lockdown Titans has the key to not losing again for Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans will need to make Derrick Henry the king of Christmas against the Houston Texans to finally close their four-game losing streak. My name's Tyler Rowland, host of the Locked on Titans podcast. Hoping for a Merry Christmas for the Titans as they take on the Houston Texans on Christmas Eve. And as has been the case for Derrick Henry the past three years, he'll need to dominate the Houston Texans on the ground on Saturday. The Titans are on a four-game losing streak, and it looks like backup quarterback Malik Willis will be starting. That means that the pressure will be on Derrick Henry to carry this team to a victory. He's been able to do it before. The Titans will need him to do it again. For more analysis, check out the Locked on Titans YouTube channel. Check out the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform You do stream Locked on Titans. It's your team every day. And believe it or not, the Carolina Panthers can still very much win the NFC South. They just can't lose again. And this week, they have the red-hot Detroit Lions. Julian Counselor from Locked on Panthers sees a path to victory. The Carolina Panthers need to reestablish their physicality at the line of scrimmage if they're going to bounce back and beat the Detroit Lions on Saturday afternoon. Hi, I'm Julian Council, the host of Locked on Panthers. The Carolina Panthers under interim head coach Steve Wilkes have been known for having a strong running game and an excellent defense, and all of that failed them on Sunday afternoon and their 24-16 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Panthers came in the game like Pittsburgh at 5-8, and eight, but unlike Pittsburgh, having a chance to go to the playoffs if they won their final four games, well, they laid a massive egg in that loss, allowing 157 yards rushing to Pittsburgh while only rushing for 21 yards in that game. The Carolina Panthers not doing what they had done in weeks past, winning on the road against Seattle where they rushed for over 200 yards and having an also a massive rushing game 
against the Denver Broncos previous to that before the bye. The Panthers have to get back to reestablishing the run game. For more on this week's monumental matchup between the Panthers and the Lions, make sure to check out Locked on Panthers every Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And finally, Greg Popovich is among the nominees for the Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinement this year. Also on the ballot for the first time, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Paul Gasol, and Dwayne Wade. It could be one of the most star-studded classes ever, particularly if Parker and Popovich go in together. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, we break down the biggest stories in sports from 2022. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.